we, even though we don't have an interpreter yet, I've been given permission to start. Oh, Carolina says, maybe not an interpreter. Okay, so if one shows up, then we'll pause and uh, take care of the needful. Um, uh, in the meantime, um, we hope everyone uh, will be able to follow my English. <clears throat> uh, Pedro has a question. Am I a Brazilian soccer fan? Uh, no, I have a, I have, I have a student uh, who's Brazilian and he, when he was young, he was in the clubs in Sao Paulo, I guess. I think he, I think he grew up in Sao Paulo. Um, and this jacket is a gift from him and it's cool here this morning. It's, uh, well, it was 59 degrees outside when I woke up uh, at 3.30 this morning, 59 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is Celsius, but um, no. So this is, yeah, this was a gift from um, a devotee here in Honolulu. <clears throat> um, Om Jnana Timirandhasya Jnana Jnana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militange Natasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Mukankaroti Vachalam Pangrum Langhaya Tegirim Jatkrapatamahang Bande Shri Gurundi Nataranam Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtang Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Svapadantikam Pancha kalpa tarubhyas chakrapas and hovyevacha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha. So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, um, whatever it is, wherever uh, any of us uh, might be. Um, must be evening where uh, Sakyarati and, and Shamananda are in Europe. We are so, in pardon? We are in Madhuban. Oh, you're in, oh, that's right. I keep forgetting. Gosh, you're so fortunate. So it's warmer there than here, that's for sure. We're having a really chilly morning. I guess winter has arrived. Um, and Padmanabha Maharaj has suggested that I speak this month on Guru Tattva. So my plan is today uh, to speak generally um, about the necessity and the importance of the Guru. Um, and as part of that, uh, we'll, uh, in, I'll introduce the uh, first three angas of, of uh, Vaitisadana Bhakti as presented in uh, in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And then uh, the subsequent weeks, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the subsequent weeks, I will, uh, I intend to speak on each of those three angas. Um, when, when Srila Rupa Goswami um, presents the uh, first 20 angas, of Sadhana Bhakti in, in, uh, the, in the second chapter of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, um, he explains uh, that the first 10 are vidhis or do's, um, regulations, things that, we, um, things that uh, we follow by accepting them. And the, the second 10 um, are uh, nisheta or prohibitions. So we accept, we follow these um, 10 angas of bhakti by not doing them. They're the don'ts. So we have the do's, 10 do's, and 10 don'ts. And he explains that these 20, these first 20 angas of bhakti are actually um, considered to be the entrance to the temple of bhakti. In other words, we don't have real access to the other angas of bhakti um, unless we accept these 10 do's and 10 don'ts. And, um, and the first three um, have uh, directly to do uh, with the guru, accepting the shelter of the guru 
um, accepting instructions from the guru after taking initiation, and, um, and serving the guru. Bishram Bhain is Guru Seva. This is a rich topic, which I'll uh, discuss um, at our last meeting this month in, in, in greater detail. Um, but it means, um, as it's introduced in, in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, it means with some reverence. And, and that is how Srila Prabhupada generally talks about it. But, but Vishramba also has to do with confidence and even um, intimacy. And I'll talk more about that uh, later in the month. So that's my plan. Um, a little kind of general guru tattva today. Um, next week, we'll talk about taking shelter uh, of the, the guru's lotus feet. Um, the following week, we'll talk about um, accepting initiation and instruction from the guru. Uh, and then the third, uh, in, in the fourth, then we'll talk about um, how we uh, serve the guru. And these are all important topics. Now, I want to start today. Also, um, I, uh, Padmanabha Maharaj, um, uh, out of uh, deference to Guru Maharaj's uh, uh, classes from Madhuvan uh, later this month, he's asked that I have everything wrapped up by 25, after the, 25 minutes after the hour. So I'm going to try to be efficient uh, with my time starting, um, starting today so that I get into the habit uh, by the time um, uh, uh, Guru Maharaj's um, classes begin from Madhuban. So today I wanna to start with a couple of things um, from the um, introduction uh, I guess it's a preface and then an introduction, or the, maybe it's two introductions. We can think of them as two introductions to Sri Guru and His Grace, um, a book that was put together um, by uh, Srila Prabhupada's disciples who had taken shelter of Srila Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dev Goswami Maharaj um, in the 80s. And so, um, at the front, before uh, the book itself begins, um, we have uh, Srila Prabhupada's well-known um, discussion of Guru Tattva uh, at a Vyas Pujas festival in Bombay, uh, now in Mumbai, in 1932, I believe. So I want to read a little bit from that, and then I want to read a little bit um, from the other introduction, which is um, uh, uh, an essay that uh, Srila Sridhar Maharaj published in 1934. So in his uh, Vyasa Puja talk, Srila, uh, Srila uh, uh, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada said, we cannot know anything of the transcendental region by our limited perverted method of observation and experiment. But all of us, can lend our eager ears for the aural reception of the transcendental sound transmitted from that region to this through the unadulterated medium of Sri Gurudev or Sri Vyasadev. Therefore, gentlemen, we should surrender ourselves today at the feet of the representative of Sri Vyasadev for the elimination of all our differences bred by our unsubmissive attitude. And then he cites uh, the Bhagavad Gita. It is accordingly said in the Bhagavad Gita, Just approach the wise and bona fide spiritual master, surrender unto him first, and try to understand him by inquiries and service. Such a wise spiritual master will enlighten you with transcendental knowledge for he has already known the absolute truth. To receive transcendental knowledge, we must completely surrender ourselves to the real acharya in a spirit of ardent inquiry and service. Actual performance of service to the absolute under the, under the guidance of the acharya is the only vehicle by which we can assimilate transcendental knowledge. So um, 
this is this should be uh, pretty familiar uh, to most of us. This idea, this verse particularly, this is the thirty-fourth verse of, of chapter four of Bhagavad Gita. Um, and I want to. Srila Prabhupada has a, a one paragraph purport here. So I'm going to share that um, purport as well. Prabhupada says, the path of spiritual realization is undoubtedly difficult. The Lord therefore advises us to approach a bona fide spiritual master in the line of disciplic succession from the Lord himself. No one can be a bona fide spiritual master without following this principle of disciplic succession. The Lord is the original spiritual master, and a person in the disciplic succession can convey the message of the Lord as it is to his disciple. No one can be spiritually realized by manufacturing his own process, as is the fashion of the foolish pretenders. The Bhagavatam says, Dharman tu sakshat Bhagavat Pranitam. The path of religion is directly enunciated by the Lord. Therefore, Mental speculation or dry arguments cannot help lead one to the right path, nor by ind independent study of books of knowledge can one progress in spiritual life. One has to approach a bona fide spiritual master to receive the knowledge. Such a spiritual master should be accepted in full surrender, and one should serve the spiritual master like a menial servant without false prestige. Satisfaction of the self-realized spiritual master is the secret of advancement in spiritual life. Um, inquiries and submission constitute the proper combination for spiritual understanding. Unless there is submission and service, inquiries from the learned spiritual master will not be effective. One must be able to pass the test of the spiritual master and when he sees the genuine desire of the disciple, he automatically blesses the disciple with genuine spiritual understanding. In this verse, both blind following and absurd inquiries are condemned. Not only should one hear submissively from the spiritual master, but one must also get a clear understanding from him in submission and service and inquiries. A bona fide spiritual master is by nature very kind toward the disciple. Therefore, when the student is submissive and is always ready to render service, the reciprocation of knowledge and inquiries becomes perfect. So as we see um, in Srila Prabhupada's purport, there are three um, elements in this approach. Uh, pranipat, uh, pranipat is uh, submission. Um, Prashna is uh, submissive inquiry, open-hearted inquiry, and sevya, rendering of service. So these three, think, these three things together, as Srila Prabhupada uh, says here, constitute the perfect formula for gaining spiritual understanding. Um, as he said in his um, address in 1932, this is knowledge from a completely different plane of existence, from that... Uh, of which we have experience. Um, we cannot, there, there are two ways of knowing things by, um, there's, they're called the uh, uh, descending and ascending process. And we can't approach the absolute transcendence um, successfully uh, by the ascending process. Uh, even Ravana was uh, unsuccessful in his um, attempt to approach heaven um, on his own terms. He, was just, he wasn't even going to transcendence. He was just interested in swarga. But um, that attempt also failed miserably. So when it comes to entering the transcendental realm, um, it's, uh, this happens by invitation only. And uh, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur opens up his um, Madhurya Kadambani by first explain, he makes a, a, a somewhat elaborate argument for how independent Krishna is. The bottom line is that he is absolutely, uh, completely 108% um, independent. Um, there is, uh, he's, he answers to no one. 
just as Guru Maharaj says, if we uh, send a summons to the Supreme Lord, um, uh, demanding that he appear in the court uh, in, in the courtroom um, of our uh, mind and intelligence, uh, he's not going to be impressed by that summons. Uh, he doesn't have to come, but he comes um, in in a particular way. So Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur explains that Krishna is completely, absolutely independent. And he does that in order to establish that bhakti is every bit as independent as Krishna is. And he explains just how bhakti works. Uh, bhakti takes shelter in the hearts of those devotees who have accepted them and who have accepted her from another bhakta. The Srimad Bhagavatam says, bhaktiya sanjataya bhaktiya. Bhakti comes from bhakti. Bhakti is generated. Bhakti is born of bhakti. So we get bhakti <clears throat> from the heart of those bhaktas who carry her. And so Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur explains that wherever those madhyama bhaktas, and it's generally the madhyama bhaktas who share their bhakti because they have a po some power of discrimination. They generally, they see the, the Lord, uh, they see the world, uh, they see the, uh, they see entities, I guess, in four broad categories. One is the Supreme Lord. Um, the second is those who are devoted to the Supreme Lord. Three, those who are innocent of devotion to the, to the Lord. And the fourth is those who are actually inimical to the Lord. And because of their sense of discrimination, they behave differently um, with, these, with those in these three categories. Um, uh, they uh, love the Lord, uh, prema, maitri, kripa, and upeksha. This is described in, in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam. So they love God. Uh, they make friends with God's devotees, with, with the, those who are devoted, utterly devoted to the Lord. And um, they are uh, kind, uh, compassionate to those who are innocent um, of devotional service. And that kindness includes ultimately sharing their own bhakti to some extent, at least to some extent. And they neglect, ignore, they have no time for those who are inimical. They don't uh, go on the internet and, and get in debates uh, with them. Um, how, but so, they share their bhakti with the Lord. Um, and we understand um, uh, that also um, from our uh, shastras that there uh, are two kinds of bhagavats that we can serve. The Bhagavatam tells us that we should constantly serve the bhagavat. And the bhagavat manifests in two ways. And I find myself, goodness, where is that? Um, so there, one is the book Bhagavat, and the other is the Bhakta Bhagavat, the devotee Bhagavat, the person Bhagavat. Um, Srila Guru Maharaj and Srila Sridhar Maharaj point out that the book Bhagavat can't chase us down, can't um, challenge us and say, did you understand what I just said? Um, at least generally. Sometimes we may find that um, in the commentaries of our acharyas. We may find some challenge that makes us actually step back for a moment and question whether we really did understand. But we get bhakti from the Bhagavat, from the book Bhagavat and from the person Bhagavat by their, uh, by their association and by giving them service and, and hearing submissively. And uh, this reminds me of a, uh, a Sufi poem. This is a poem by Rumi that I was quite struck by when I uh, found it. Um, I think this was the last thing my former wife and I did together was to visit Washington, D.C., something she'd been bugging me to do for more than 40 years, I guess. And um, so finally, we decided that, well, since this is it, that since uh, you know, we won't have time to spend together, um, I decided, let's, yeah, let's go to Washington. So in, in the gift shop of one of the, the, Smiths, the museums, uh, part of the Smithsonian Institution, um, I was looking at some books and I picked up a book of Rumi's poetry and I came across this poem. And this poem conveys to me the same point that we see 
that we hear uh, from our acharyas about serving the Dewey Bhagavat, the two kinds of Bhagavat. Um, it's, this is a translation by um, Kabir Helminski and his wife Camille. And um, they call it, ask the rose about the rose. The interpretation of a sacred text is true if it stirs you to hope, activity, and awe. And if it makes you slacken your service, know the real truth to be this. It is a distortion of the sense of the saying, not a true interpretation. This saying has come down to inspire you to serve that God may take the hands of those who have lost hope. And then here's the nut of it for me, the core of this uh, poem uh, by Rumi. Ask the meaning of the Quran from the Quran alone, and from that one who has set fire to his idle fancy and burned it away and has become a sacrifice to the Quran, bowing low in humbleness, so that the Quran has become the essence of his spirit. If an essential oil has utterly devoted itself to the rose, you can smell either that oil or the rose as you please. And when I read this poem, I thought if you substitute Bhagavat for Quran, then this is, you know, this is, this is the teachings that we get um, from, uh, from our uh, acharyas. So uh, this is how we get bhakti. And the other thing I wanted to share from Sri Guru and His Grace uh, was an excerpt from this um, essay published by, uh, published in The Harmonist, um, authored by uh, Srila Sridhar Maharaj. He says, Sri Guru is not exclusively the same as the Supreme Lord himself, but he fully represents the essence of the whole normal potency and embodies the most comprehensive and excellent service and favor of the Lord. As he is the fittest servitor of the Lord, he is empowered by the Lord to reinstate all misguided souls to their best interest. So Guru is the divine messenger of immortal hope and joy in this mortal and miserable world. His advent is the most auspicious and happy event to the suffering animation and can be compared to the rising of the morning star that can guide the traveler lost in the desert. The, a gentle touch of Sri Guru's merciful hand can wipe away the incessant tears from all weeping eyes. A patriot or philanthropist makes the problem only worse in his frantic and futile attempt to alleviate the deep-rooted pain of a suffering world as an ignorant doctor does in eagerly handling an unfortunate patient. Oh, the day when this poor soul realizes the causeless grace of Sri Guru Day. So this is uh, this is actually the secret um, to understanding spiritual life. Uh, the um, the grace um, of the Guru. I just, saw, I just noticed that I. don't have a tab that I thought I had open, so I need to switch gears here in this one. Pardon me. So I wanted to share <clears throat> um, something quite relevant um, also from Sri Ch uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita. As most of us are aware, uh, uh, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita begins with obeisance to the Guru. Oops. Um, so, um, and the first chapter is uh, titled The Spiritual Masters. So, um, that first verse is Vande Guru Nisha Bhakta Nisha Mishavatarakam Tatprakashams Tatchakti Krishna Chaitanya Sangyakam. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the spiritual masters, the devotees of the Lord's, the Lord's incarnations, his plenary portions, his energies, and the primeval Lord himself, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. 
And in his purport to this verse, this is the 34th verse of the um, first chapter, Srila uh, Prabhupada points out, Gurun is plural in number because anyone who gives spiritual instructions based on the revealed scriptures is accepted as a spiritual master. Although others give help in showing the way to the beginners, uh, the guru who first initiates one with the maha mantra is to be known as the initiator. And the saints who give instructions for progressive advancement in Krishna consciousness are called instructing spiritual masters. The initiating and instructing spiritual masters are equal and identical manifestations of Krishna, although they have different dealings. Their function is to guide the conditioned souls back home, back to Godhead. Therefore, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami accepted Nityananda Prabhu and the six Goswamis in the category of Guru. And then in the next verse, Srila <clears throat> uh, Krishna Das Kaviraj points out, uh, you know, this is Mantur Guru Arjata Shiksha Guru Gana Tahar Charanage Kodiya Bandana. So Mantur Guru Ar. So this, I offer my respects to my mantra guru, the initiating spiritual master, and to Shiksha Guru Gana, all my instructing spiritual masters. Uh, guru Gana, the, the group uh, of, of uh, Shiksha Gurus. And um, Srila Prabhupada um, points out here, very much as he does in his 1932 address at the Gaudiya Math in Mumbai, if one develops love for Krishna by Krishna conscious activities, one can know the supreme absolute truth. But he who tries to understand God simply by logical arguments will not succeed, nor will he get a taste for unalloyed devotion. The secret is that one must submissively listen to those who know perfectly the science of God, and one must begin the mode of regulated service by the preceptor. A devotee already attracted by the name, form, qualities, etc., of the Supreme Lord may be directed to his specific manner of devotional service. He need not waste time in approaching the Lord through logic. The spiritual master knows well how to engage his disciples' energy in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. And thus, he engages the devotee in specific devotional service according to his special tendency. A devotee must have only one initiating spiritual master because in the scriptures, acceptance of more than one is always forbidden. There is no limit, however, to the number of instructing spiritual masters one may accept. Generally, a spiritual master who constantly instructs a disciple in spiritual science becomes his instructing spiritual master later on. One should always remember that a person who is reluctant to accept a spiritual master and be initiated is sure to be baffled in his endeavor to go back to Godhead. One who is not properly initiated may present himself as a great devotee, but in fact, he is sure to encounter many stumbling blocks on his path of progress toward spiritual realization with the result that he must continue his term of a material existence without relief. Such a helpless person is compared to a ship without a rudder, where such a ship can never reach its destination. It is imperative, therefore, that one accept a spiritual master if he at all desires to gain the favor of the Lord. The service of the spiritual master is essential. If there is no chance to serve the spiritual master directly, the devotee should serve him by remembering his instructions. There's no difference between the spiritual master's instructions and the spiritual master himself. In his absence, therefore, his words of direction should be the pride of the disciple. If one thinks that he is above consulting anyone else, including a spiritual master, he is at once an offender at the lotus feet of the Lord. Such an offender can never go back to Godhead. It is imperative that a serious person accept a bona fide spiritual master in terms of the Shastra conjunctions. And Srila Prabhupada uh, ends this 
uh, purport by saying, Sri Jiva Goswami advises that one not accept a spiritual master in terms of hereditary or customary social and ecclesiastical conventions. One should simply try to find a genuinely qualified spiritual master for actual development in spiritual understanding. So this is a really, um, uh, well, this purport highlights and underlines and, and points in so many ways to the central uh, part, the central role of a spiritual master, uh, service to the spiritual master, satisfying the spiritual master when it comes to our making spiritual uh, progress, uh, advancing in, in bhakti. And he points out, he says, Srila Jiva Goswami advises that one not accept a spiritual master in terms of hereditary or customary social and ecclesiastical conventions. <clears throat> the language here is a little striking. <clears throat> when we find this instruction in Srila Jiva Goswami's um, Bhakti Sandarbha, he seems to be addressing um, the custom of um, a family guru having taken initiation um, uh, from, uh, you know, from the uh, kind of customary guru in one's family. Um, instead, um, uh, Srila Jiva Goswami says, we need to find someone who's actually qualified to help us make advancement in spiritual life. So you know, we understand that Srila Prabhupada uh, was initiated by um, a family guru when he was young, um, but when he found a genuine guru, when he found Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he realized that this is where he needed, uh, this is where he needed to submit himself. This is where he needed to make his inquiries. And this is where he needed to offer his service. It is through Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati that he needed to offer his service to Lord Krishna. And so, um, you know, there was no doubt in his mind um, from their first meeting that this was his spiritual master. No other considerations needed to be um, taken into account. Um, Where else was that going? Oh, um, I also wanted to take a quick look um, at the verses that are that Srila uh, Rupa Goswami uses to support his assertion um, of the primacy of these three angas of bhakti. So uh, this we find this in the second chapter of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Uh, the second chapter deals with bhakti generally, samanya bhakti, bhakti in general. So after listing the 64 angas of, of uh, vaitisadana bhakti, Srila Go, Rupa Goswami goes through and um, discusses them one by one. And he doesn't have extensive discussion. He presents them and then he presents evidence from the shastras most often from Srimad Bhagavatam, but also from um, many other sources, other Puranas and, 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 and other Shastric sources. So um, about the first one, Tatra Guru Padashaya, Guru Padashaya, he says, uh, to support this assertion, um, let's look at a verse from the 11th Canto. And this is a verse that we've probably all heard uh, so many times. Tasmad gurum prapadyeta jigyasu shaya uttamaha. Shabde parecha chanishnatam brahmanyupashamashaya. Therefore, any person who seriously desires real happiness must seek a spiritual master who is conversant with the bhakti scriptures, accomplished in hearing and chanting about the Lord, and fully tranquil. So this begins with the word tasmat, um, therefore. So there's an antecedent to this. It's not that everyone, um, not that everyone in the world needs a guru, not that everyone in the world is qualified to take shelter of a guru. But this happens when someone understands that um, suffering permeates every aspect of life in the material world. I mean, this after all was the first noble truth taught by the Buddha 
the truth of suffering. Suffering doesn't necessarily mean to be uh, 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 need to mean abject misery, such as we see in so many places of the world, uh, uh, where you know, people are dying off, you know, awful deaths, or they're um, subjugated by a terrible government, or maybe they're um, enslaved or being tortured, held captive, whatever. Um, it could be um, something as uh, ordinary, something as commonplace as um, having our eye on a parking spot in a parking lot and have someone come rip around the corner real quick, uh, real quickly and grab that spot before we can get to it. Um, or have, you know, someone, you know, someone at work who's just not cooperative and causes problems in that way. There's, you know, this, these are all also um, forms of suffering. Um, so when we understand that, then we need relief. Um, so that's the second noble truth is that there is a way, um, you know, well, that there's a reason for that. And that is our thirst, just as Krishna, our, our thirst for um, uh, enjoyment. Um, Krishna, uh, just as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, that our attachments to different kinds of pleasure are actually uh, the source of our, our misery, dukkha yonayevate. It's the, the womb, as Guru Maharaj likes to point out, literally the womb from which our suffering is born. Um, and his third noble truth is that there is a way out. And then it's the fourth is that it's by following the Eightfold Noble Path. So we have, um, you know, we have the same uh, similar understanding that um, you know, there is a way um, to become released, act actually released from the um, fraud uh, of the quest for material enjoyment. And that is by, ta by taking to, to Krishna Bhakti. So, um, and then uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur explains in his commentary on this verse, Shabde means conversant in the devotional scriptures, Pare Brahmani means hearing and chanting about the Lord, and Vishnatam means thoroughly conversant. And Srila Prabhupada sometimes said, the guru should be someone who has taken a dip in the ocean of transcendence. And it doesn't mean dipped his toe in, it means he's been com he's completely immersed um, in the ocean of transcend transcendence, especially through transcendental sound. And then uh, Sri Krishna Dikshari Shikshana. Um, and this is also uh, from the 11th canto. Tatra Bhagavatam Dharmam Sikshed Guruvatma Daivataha Atmayanayanu Accepting the bona fide spiritual master as one's life and soul and worshipable deity, the disciple should hear from him the process of pure devotion, of pure bhakti, by sincere service. By that pure bhakti, the supreme soul uh, will be satisfied and give himself to that devotee. I was just reading a uh, wonderful verse in, um, elsewhere in the eleventh uh, um, canto, uh, where the Lord tells Uddhava that he become if someone takes seriously to the chanting, hearing and chanting the holy names of the Lord, that the Lord becomes owned by that person. And Vishnu Chakravarti explains this verse. Um, he says the Guru is called Atma because he is dear as the self is. One should learn Bhagavad Dharma or Bhakti from the Guru who's worthy of worship like a deity and is as dear as oneself by sincere service. And the Lord who is the real Atma and who gives himself to the worshipers is pleased by those acts of Bhakti. And then um, uh, about Vishram Pena Guru Seva, he uh, cites another verse also from the 11th canto, also from Krishna's instruction. This is from Krishna's instructions to Uddhava. Acharyam mam bijaniyam navamanyetakar hachit namartya buddhaya sarvadeva mayoguru. One should know the Acharya as myself and never disrespect him in any way. One should not envy him, thinking him an ordinary person, for he is the uh, representative of all the demigods. Um, so, these are um, important um, uh, pieces of evidence in how we should, as, you know, as to how we should understand um, and approach the guru. Um, 
And we should always keep in mind that this is a very personal relationship. Um, uh, when we say Vishram Pena Guru Seva, ultimately that means the kind of intimacy where we understand what the guru um, is feeling in his or her heart. And we're able to anticipate their needs. That's the first class servant. The first class servant does uh, what the guru requires without having been asked. The second class servant um, is submissive when asked, uh, responsive when asked by the guru to do some service. And the third class service uh, servant is someone who just doesn't understand even when the guru um, requests some service and explains how it should be done, just can't, can't get it together. So this first class um, uh, uh, disciple, first class student is someone who's able to anticipate the guru's needs, able to read the guru's heart because the guru has shared it so fully um, with him or her. So this is, you know, this is really important. This is, I mean, this is not an official relationship. This is the kind of relationship where, as Shilashidhar Maharaj, I, I remember reading this somewhere and I haven't been able to find it again. Um, he said, when, when we understand that I cannot help but take shelter at this person's feet, that is the person you should approach. When you realize I don't really have a choice, this, uh, this is someone of whom I must take shelter. I have to take my relationship with this person um, very, very seriously. So we shouldn't, um, uh, you know, we shouldn't take uh, our relationship with the spiritual master lightly because it's not at all um, a, a light thing. It's actually the essence of Krishna consciousness. Uh, the Lord reveals himself, the Lord uh, uh, instructs us in two, it can instruct us in two ways, as Chaitya Guru and, and, and as the external Guru. So we see the Guru as the external manifestation of the Supreme Lord. Hmm. Srila Prabhupada taught his uh, disciples, and this is the practice in, in um, all the temples of his International Society for Krishna Consciousness everywhere in the world, uh, during the Mangalarti, the first function of the day, uh, to begin it by singing Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur's prayer, prayers of a praise to the spiritual master. And then the seventh one we see, we hear from the scriptures that the spiritual master um, should be accepted by the guru as being as good as the Lord himself. As Srila Sridhar Maharaj says though, he's not exclusively the same, he's not exactly the same as the Lord himself. Why? Kintu Prabhoriya Priya Eva Tasa. Because he is certainly very dear to the Lord. And that's even more important in, in many senses. This is somebody who's very uh, dear to the Lord. And if we can satisfy this person, then we know that the Lord um, is satisfied with us as well. So the search for a spiritual master is not something to be undertaken lightly at all. And when we found someone whom we consider fit to serve um, as we would serve the, the Supreme Lord, um, then um, our ongoing relationship, our lifetime's relationship with that person also should not be taken lightly. Uh, and we should not take it for granted. Uh, we hear from Srila Prabhupada, from Srila Sridhar Maharaj, and from Guru Maharaj, Swami Tripurari, that this is actually how the Lord's um, grace extends, him, extends itself to us. So we often refer to the Guru as divine grace. This is, he, is this, he or she is an expression of Krishna's divine grace in our lives. So this is, um, this is central 
uh, a central understanding and it's something that we should um, uh, apply ourselves to very carefully. Um, understanding just what my relationship is with my spiritual master and, um, and you know, always try to dedicate ourselves um, to the service of the spiritual master. Um, I remember that when I eventually was assured that it was time for me to um, ask Srila Prabhupada for initiation. And this was after a year and a half of practice, but it, it, those, that year and a half also included a, um, three um, somewhat short um, absences from the temple, once for two or three weeks, once for about three days, and then once for a couple of months. Um, but when I came back after that last one, that couple of months absence from the temple, it's not that I wasn't going to the temple. I, had, I went to spend some time in San Diego with my uh, family, with my mother and brother and sister. And um, my brother and I went to the San Diego temple quite frequently, several times a week. Um, I think I went almost every night for Bhagavad Gita class and often went in the middle of the day for lunch prasadam with the devotees and often met them downtown, in downtown San Diego for some kirtan. And I didn't stop chanting um, 16 rounds of japa. So I, I was absent from, absent from the temple, but um, I, was still, um, kept my, I still kept myself engaged in some uh, degree of service. And when I came back to Honolulu and moved into the temple, it was with, it was with the determination that I would never um, again um, take a vacation um, from my bhakti. And uh, so after a few months in the temple, I was assured that, it, that I was ready to, uh, to approach Srila Prabhupada for initiation. And I remember in my letter, my request was that he engage me in helping him spread Lord Chaitanya's movement for the rest of my life. And that was my approach. And when he um, responded, he said, you will be glad to know that I have gladly accepted you as my duly initiated disciple. And those words have been, uh, well, those have been a, a treasure uh, 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 since, ever since that, uh, that day um, over 50 years ago. So, um, you know, we should apply ourselves to this search for um, the spiritual master who is best for us. And, um, and then once that search um, is successful, then uh, to satisfying that spiritual master. Um, and the, the ultimate satisfaction for the guru is when he or she sees that the, the student, that the disciple is actually becoming Krishna conscious. There's a, an instance, uh, and I think uh, I'm pretty sure Guru Maharaj was there um, in Atlanta in late February, early March of 1975, when Srila Prabhupada visited just before Gorpurnima, he had visited a few to several temples in North and South America. And um, one of the devotees from one of the uh, book distributing parties asked Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada, what will please you most? And we might imagine, especially those of us who were around back then, might imagine that this devotee who asked this question might have anticipated something like that you distribute as many books as possible or that you double. Uh, the number of books that you distribute, or something like that. Srila Prabhupada's re uh, response was quite different. He said that you love Krishna. Everyone who was there uh, probably remembers this uh, particular response, that you love Krishna. So as Guru Maharaj often says, um, we're not out looking for disciples. We're looking for gurus. We're looking for, um, for those who can carry on um, uh, the, in, in, with the work of sharing Krishna Bhakti as Lord Chaitanya has given, to, uh, given it to us with as, many, um, uh, with as many wandering souls as, as possible. And, and so this is the ultimate satisfaction of the spiritual master. This is a, this is a serious business and it is a joyful business. Um, and, uh, and, and it's really the center of our lives 
as, um, as students and practitioners uh, of Bhakti Yoga. Okay, so um, I'm gonna try to be true to my um, determination um, to not, at least this week and next week, not go beyond um, 7.30. So I'll stop here for any um, discussion. If anyone has any questions or comments about Guru Tattva generally, um, let's share. Well, I hope that means that I didn't confuse anyone so badly that uh, they don't know how to make heads or tail or heads or tails of anything that I've said. And it also makes it easy for me um, to um, to adjourn by seven twenty-five, as um, as uh, requested by uh, my friend His Holiness Padmanabha Maharaj. So if there is no further discussion, um, then uh, we can adjourn for the day and I'll see you back here at the same time next Saturday to discuss the first uh, of the Angas of Sadhana Bhakti, which is taking shelter of the lotus feet uh, of the Guru. Thank you all so much. Um, and thanks especially to Padmanabha Maharaj for engaging me like this and for Sakyarati um, who's always watching out for me, and, uh, and uh, Shamananda Prabhu, who has always been such a dear friend for hosting this so I don't have to deal with all the technical stuff and make a, a fool of myself. Um, and I will see you again next week. Thank you all so much. Hare Krishna. Sripad Bhakti Abhayasra Maharaj Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai. Jai.